Welcome to episode 278 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. This is the Observing Mars, Jupiter, and some Deep Sky Objects edition. I'm Chris, and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up at the night sky, and this podcast is for anybody else who likes going out under the stars. So we have a couple thank yous uh, for some donors there. Shane, do you want to just give a shout out to these kind folks? Yeah. Um, thank you, uh, Michael and Jim, uh, for your Patreon support. Uh, as always, we really appreciate this. Uh, and thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. And just a reminder that we are doing a giveaway for all of our Patreon supporters later in uh, December. We'll announce it's just a random draw. Uh, and it'll be, a, I think, a combination of RASC Observer handbooks and uh, maybe a calendar or two as well from the RASC. So, uh, we're excited for that. And again, just thanks to all of the Patreon supporters. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody. And, uh, yeah, end up getting a, a you know, a, at least a few handbooks uh, for us to give away because, uh, yeah, we got a bit of a bulk discount, but had to order so many. So, uh, yeah, it should be, should be a pretty good time when we, uh, get into December can give some of those away. Um, so I was, I actually did some, some beach going myself. We had that uh, image there from, uh, Flippy uh, in Brazil last week, and so I got this image here. I gotta, I gotta send to him of uh, of our beach. Not sure if you're able to scroll down and see that in the notes there, Shane. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so it's a little bit so different. Is, <laughs> there's no open water. It's uh, the water is frozen, and uh, if one zooms in a little, you can see an ice fishing shack out there. <laughs> yeah, a little early for that, I think. But uh, there's a few of them out there. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I don't know. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be out there quite yet, but. I thought it seemed kind of early, but there's, people are putting them out. I counted, I think, uh, 15 out there. Holy smokes. Yeah. It's, it's ice fishing shack season, I guess. I think after this week, the ice will be in deep enough for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I was out, uh, doing some, some observing last night. Uh, did you get out in your yard? Yeah, I set up in the backyard. It was, well, for the first time in quite a while, we actually had clear skies and it was very uh, temperate. Like it was nice. It was around mm -hmm. freezing. Actually, I think when I was out, it dropped to about minus six uh, Celsius. But overall for this time of the year, that is quite nice and have to take advantage mm -hmm. of that. So what did, uh, what did you end up looking at last night? A uh, few, few things. I actually got out on... Thursday night too was Thursday night was really pleasant. It was minus six and, uh, I did an observation of Mars. I spent like two hours, probably more than two hours trying to get a view of Mars, but that was like really, really terrible seeing. Um, yeah, it was just boiling away, but it was, there was almost zero wind and it was minus six. So I didn't even wear gloves, you know, I have a hat and coat and, you know, winter gear on, but it was like when it's minus six and no window out here, it can be really quite comfortable, eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take long for, for that to suck the heat out of you and make it a very uncomfortable time. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So, uh, last night, yeah, I decided to go to dark sky site because, uh, yeah, it was going to be not the, not the best conditions, but it was going to be okay conditions. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, it, no matter how, how, uh, sort of marginal the sky ends up being, um, I'll be happy to have, to have gone out when it's, uh, when it's not too cold. Cause I think it was two degrees above zero, um, you know, at the end of November, which might as well be at the end of February, it's about the same weather here. Um, 
you know, that's not bad weather. So I went out and, and set up uh, as the sun went down and then, uh, yeah, had a pretty, uh, pretty decent session. I, I think I sent you or texted you uh, an image of the moon kind of with a few little light clouds kind of sprinkled across the sky. It was quite pretty. Yeah, I caught that too uh, when I was outside just setting up the telescope near sunset. And uh, yeah, it was quite pretty, very thin crescent moon. Um, and, you know, one one nice thing with the skies that we have here, you know, and we have like basically a horizon to horizon view because everything is so flat, you really get that nice color variation during sunset, you know, from the mm -hmm. kind of the darker oranges to very light to transitioning to a light blue and yeah, quite pretty. Yeah, the crazy part is, though, it's at this time of year, when the sun goes down, I mean, in fact, even before the sun goes down, because it's so it's so low on the horizon already. So um, and it's at such a shallow angle um, as it as it gets towards that last 15 or 20 minutes before sunset, like the street lights are all on and everything. It's it's already pretty dark. Eh? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is pretty pretty surprising and uh yeah and then once once the sun sets and it, last night it set at 5:01 p.m it's almost like someone you know is is just rapidly turning down the dimmer switch so uh, pretty much by six o'clock it was uh it was really dark by six o'clock so yeah i barely had time to kind of get the place warming up go to the beach come back start working on the podcast notes eat dinner and then get set up and go. And then you and I were chatting, we were trying to figure what to talk about for this episode. And then we're like, oh yeah, why don't we just talk about uh, what we've been, what we're going to observe tonight and, and what some of the listeners have, uh, have been, uh, have been observing. So um, did you get a chance to look at, uh, to look at Jupiter any last night? Yeah, I looked at Jupiter, Mars, the Pleiades and the Hyades. Um, Seeing was not great last night. You and I, mm -hmm. I think both had pretty similar skies, even though we were separated by quite a few kilometers. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, seeing was maybe a two out of five, in my opinion, it was not great. Um, when I looked at Jupiter, um, it was weird though, you know, sometimes I find that poor seeing affects Jupiter differently on different nights. And I'm not sure why mm -hmm. that is and what all, or, or what I mean by that is, like the seeing was so poor that I don't think I was even really able to make out like the, like the Northern uh, polar regions or the Southern polar oh, region really? all that well, like it was there, but I've seen it so much better. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and like the edges of the limbs were uh, almost non-existent, like in terms of the banding, Yeah. but like in the yeah. middle of the planet, the like the equatorial bands were very detailed actually so it was strange how much yeah. you know it was boiling but yet the equatorial bands for some reason really stood out so yeah um, go ahead yeah i was just gonna say did you see like there was like a like a bit of a dark like a large dark area on the uh north equatorial band and then there was almost mm -hmm. like a like a large oval. I, I put a sketch into our show notes. Not sure if you made it down that far yet. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I did. I'm not sure if you were able to see. And then in inside sort of, uh, on the left of the image on the equatorial zone, like there was some ruddiness in there as well, like an arc running through it or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was quite interesting in that dark region on the Northern equatorial band. At first I thought maybe it was a shadow transit, you know, cause yeah. it, it was, I wasn't using very much power at that oh, point okay. and I saw the darkness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of intriguing and uh, definitely the, uh, the Southern temperate belt was quite apparent uh, last yeah. night. Too. 
I felt. But. Yeah, it had like a like a like it was darker towards um, like on the right side of my image. You can see where I shaded yeah. and darker yeah. there. Like for sure, that was uh, like a darker area. Yeah, you know, and this is um, oh, I I can't remember which podcast it was. The Observer's Notebook, maybe. Okay. Um, quite a ways back, they talked about when observing Jupiter. They were very interested in estimating you know the like the color variations and brightness of the equatorial bands i think it was on that podcast anyway oh yeah yeah um, yep. so ever ever since then I, i've certainly paid a lot more attention to some of those slight variations of you know darkness and shading and all that kind of stuff there again jupiter just has so much detail it's uh you could spend a lot of time on it and i did i, I think i ended up using about yeah i was at about 100 times uh, mm -hmm. magnification, which I think was a touch high. Um, okay. I preferred the view at, let me just do the math here at about 70 times. I felt that was a little bit better for the conditions okay. I had. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure what power yeah. you were using. 150. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, well, that's way better I than just, me. Well, I just, what I do is I, um, so I don't know how you're keeping your scope these days, but I had the scope outside in my car all day and then I, I drove out and had it in the car for a while and it was cool out there and so my scope was probably at like maybe maybe seven or eight degrees celsius and so then I set it up when it got to zero and then went back in for 45 or 50 minutes and so the scope was totally totally cooled down and then I find out there because like there's no local buildings and it's there's no city like the city effect here is, lately has been uh, really quite bad and then uh yeah being out there just really seemed to be able to to get get that much more power out i mean yeah it comes and goes but i don't know if you're using your observing chair much these days but like i just oh, yeah. sit yeah i mean i just sit there and kind of wait for the moments and then and then put a few details down so this is like uh maybe a 25 or 30 minute sketch so Mm. Yeah, I'd let my telescope cool for about two to two and a half hours outside before right. I started observing. Uh, also had the bino viewer out there so it would acclimatize and um, yeah. I bino viewed the whole night. So yeah, it just, just wasn't great. And then Mars, I, I looked at that for a little bit. Um, and where it was, I was looking over top of some buildings, which, you know, probably was adding insult to injury because you get that heat radiating from, uh, from those buildings and it, you know, it can cause some local yeah. kind of atmospheric distortion. Um, so about the same power on Mars, you know, about 70 ish to a hundred times I was kind of bouncing between, uh, Certus major was very apparent, um, I can't say that I saw the northern polar cap, but certainly like a kind of a large white region up there. Um, but I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that was cloud or polar cap or what. It just, you know, it was bouncing around too much for me to say for sure. I'm not sure if you were able to yeah. see much detail there. Yeah, I, I got a little bit of detail, but I got a story to tell first. Oh, oh, gee. <laughs> okay, let's hear the story. <laughs> well, I already told you part of it last night because I kind of uh, had a yeah, bit yeah. of a... Yeah, it was uh, not the not the best show because, um, like I said, I I'd set up and uh, the nice part about being out there is I can I have a heat pump and I can throw that on and I can warm the place up. Like it wasn't like hot, but it was it was nice and warm in there. So um, sort of between, I knew I was going to observe like um, 
Jupiter and then something and then mm -hmm. Mars. I wasn't sure what that something was, uh, but I decided I would observe the, and sketch the uh, California Nebula. Mm. I did an observation of the uh, double cluster as well. Actually, I, I sat and observed the double cluster and I think it's stock two or whatever it is beside it for maybe about 10 or 15 minutes before I observed Jupiter just to kind of you know, sort of get into the observing for the evening. Mm -hmm. And then after I did my sketch of Jupiter, I decided to go in and uh, just grab some water and just sit for five or six minutes, just relax. And then before I went back out and I had uh, left my um, multiple filter selector, which is like a diagonal with a set of, um, has like four um, places in it to put two inch filters. I leave one blank and then I loaded, had the UHC, the O3 and the H beta in there. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna take this out and I'm gonna swap diagonals out and then go and take a look at the uh, California Nebula. So, uh, so I went back out and it was just like, there was a couple funny things. So there's a lot of deer out there and I, I, I mentioned this and it is, it is kind of a funny thing, but um, the deer are around, they're around mostly at dusk and at night, which is also when I am outside at dusk and at night. <laughs> and they've almost, I mean, they're fairly tame anyway, but they get really curious and they will kind of come sort of walking around and whatever. So I'm kind of used to that. Um, so it doesn't really freak me out as much anymore, mm -hmm. but, um, last night somebody was walking their dog. I didn't, and I, I was focused on observing and then switching out all this gear. And then they threw something in the garbage can, which is in front of our place. And of course, because there's, there's nobody out there. So usually there's nobody within like, you know, a hundred meters of me. And then suddenly, you know, I hear this loud bang, like right in front of me, you know, it's 60 feet away, but it sounds very close because it's so deadly quiet out there mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, kind of startled me. And then I was kind of like, sort of keeping my ears kind of perked. And I think that caused me to, uh, as I was switching out, like all this gear, switching out the diagonal, my high power IP switching over to the, um, the multiple filter selector and putting in the, the Masayama, I end up kind of juggling them and then actually end up dropping the Masayama and hit my tripod, hit my chair, and then it went like field lens first into the stone. Oh. Of course, I didn't have the eyepiece cap on the thing and it like filled up like about a third of the, uh, of the top of the eyepiece with snow. So I like quickly just kind of gave it a couple quick little taps and I got most of the snow out of it. And, uh, and then what I did is I was like, oh, what should I do with this thing? Should I take it in and try to mess with it? I'm like, no, I'm just going to cap it up. I'm going to switch to a different low power eyepiece. I'm not going to worry about it. These sort of things happen. I was kind of like, mm -hmm. this is this is what I get for not having an observatory. And so, so I put it in the case. And then when I got home, I... Uh, when I bought my 22 Nagler from Ray Khan at, at Khan Scope in Toronto, um, he gave me a uh, like a lens cleaning kit. It was like a free giveaway or something, or it came with it when it came in the mail. And um, I, d I really didn't know too much about what was in there. So last night I'm like, well, time to find out. So I opened it up and it had this huge like lens cleaning cloth. Like, I don't know, the thing is about maybe 18 inches by 18 inches. It's really big and it has all these like, it's sort of like um, serrated around the edges. And so what I did is I took that and I kind of dabbed it and it's super absorbent. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. So I kind of was able to dab and kind of wick up any of the moisture that was on the lens. And some 
was around sort of the rim and I was able to kind of run it around the rim because I was like, well, th that's okay. It's not like part of the glass that you really look through anyway. And so I just kind of very carefully like ran it around the rim a few times, just very gently. And, and it is a lens cleaning cloth too. And I think that got most of it. Um, and then what I did is just to sort of be on the safe side is I was like, well, I recently, we were talking about this before the podcast is I bought a couple um, accessories for doing recording in the field. A couple mm -hmm. listeners have been asking about that. And I got this microphone from Rode and for some reason, they put in um, this really decent sized uh, desiccant pack. And in the other device that I bought from Rode, uh, it had a, had a small one. And so I took a uh, one of those screw together um, lens cases. And so I, I put the eyepiece in there and then put this all this desiccant around it uh, just in their own packets. And then I'm, I'm hoping that that will help over the next few days, like draw out any of the remaining mm. moisture that might've been trapped in. I don't know if that's how I should have done it, but that's how I did it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that's probably a, a pretty good approach. The only thing I might've tried maybe slightly different would be to get like a, <clears throat> like a Kleenex or a paper towel, uh, just to like, rather than moving kind of the water around on the lens, just like touch it. So it absorbs everything and then to see how far you get with that. But, Oh, that's, that's really what I did. Oh, really. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then, that, that's yeah, really, then and then around like the inside, like that's like, there's like a small gap between the top of the lens and the, there's like a retaining ring and I was concerned about the water being in there. So I kind of had to get something in there, but it's mm -hmm. not very much room. And this thing just like fit perfectly. And I'm not really that concerned about, I mean, th this is like beyond the area that any light passes through really. So just sort of purely for mechanical reasons. So yeah, that's really kind of how I did it. I think, yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, I think well, it was good. De decent. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was kind of a bit like, uh, but you know what it did though, is it killed about an hour of observing. Cause I, cause right then and there, mm. I knew that I wanted to get home back into the city in time that I would have about an, an hour to kind of monkey around with it in case mm -hmm. I needed that. And, uh, and it was good at the time I got home, it was, uh, you know, like nine o'clock or so. And by the time I finished messing around with it, it was like 30 or 40 minutes, uh, just cause I was trying to be super careful and, and figure it out. So, so yeah, so I only did like, uh, two hours, but I did do a sketch of, uh, of the California. I'm not sure if you've uh, made your way down to, to that sketch, um, which I did at, uh, 18 yeah. power. Yeah. yeah. Can you, can you make it out there? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, a decent size, uh, field of view. Cause I was using my, uh, 40 millimeter XW with the, uh, with the H beta on the mm -hmm. multiple filter selector and, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, I, I mean, I love the uh, 40 millimeter XW anyway, and it gives, uh, like a 3.6 or 3.7 degree true field of view. So it really is about almost like the whole field of view across. Cause I think that nebula is just about three and a half degrees across, but I could really see like the lines in it last night. I mean, they were subtle, but mm. you, you could see them. I kind of tried to, to get those in the, uh, in the sketch as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I haven't looked at that probably for a year or two actually. So, um, nice to see the sketch. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's pretty easy. It was kind of, it was kind of a bit low down, but I was sort of looking for something. And uh, originally I thought about, you know, doing something in Orion, but I knew after I, you know, 
got out there and saw that Orion wasn't going to be really high until much later that uh, maybe I would pick this. And the night wasn't spectacular. It was it was okay, um, but it was really just okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main part about the night was that the the temperature was so pleasant. Yeah, it was great. Like I didn't even have gloves on um, for my two hours that I was outside. It was it was really nice. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was uh, the only, I was switching in and out a bit because just like handling the cold um, metal and that. And this is one one of the things that I really do like about the Pentax eyepieces is they have like a lot of rubber on them, and that's much mm-hmm. much easier on the hands in the winter. Let me tell you. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It it really does make a difference. Yeah. Um, because any any kind of metal just sucks the heat out of your hands. And oh, yeah. even if you're wearing gloves, it it can be quite a, a inconvenience or uncomfortableness. Yeah. Um yeah, like even some of the tripods that I like metal tripods that I've had in the past, some of them have had like a kind of a foam wrapping around the top. And yeah, what a difference that makes just for keeping warm. You know, that's a good, I hadn't thought of that before, but you know, I bought all this, um, I'm not very handy and you know, this Shane, so people, <laughs> people might laugh at this, but it's, I bought all this pipe insulator for the cottage and, uh, I bought, I didn't know it came in different sizes anyway. So I bought the wrong sizes and I have all this extra pipe insulator. I'm like, ah, what I'm going to, cause it was, I mean, it was inexpensive. I think it was like five or $6 for like all this stuff. I got it on sale probably cause it's like some weird size or something. I don't know, but I was trying to figure out what to do with it. I think that that would be a good idea. I think I should take some of that and put it around the, uh, the legs of my, uh, of my Bogan tripod. That, that would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd make a real difference. Just even to have one or two of them covered up, just because uh, I'll tell you, when I was tearing down last night, like it wasn't really cold, but um, it was uh, it was a day that was warm. We we do still have a ton of snow down because we don't get that much sun, even when the sun's up. It's really not. I mean, it seems sunny, but there's not any energy in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did get an appreciable amount of melt, but just enough really to saturate the air. So there was a lot of humidity. I don't know about your scope, but my scope was, you know, it looked like. Uh, you know, something out of frosty winter or some sort of, you know, movie or something. It was just covered in frost. And I, I was like, well, I can't grab this with my hands because I thought my hands just might stay stuck to it or something. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to mention that too. It was, uh, it was really humid last night. Like, yeah, I think that contributed to the poor seeing. Oh yeah. yeah, Like I had a pretty heavy layer of frost on my telescope by the time I, I, uh, went indoors, which was, I think my telescope was outside for about three hours and yeah, yeah, super frosty. So what I did was the old blanket routine. I I took a blanket out, hung it on my deck. So it was outside for an hour or two Yeah, and I wanted to cool the blanket. So when I brought the telescope in, I wrapped it in the blanket. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then it just, it, it, it's gentler on the telescope because it doesn't suddenly hit like 21 degrees Celsius from Mm -hmm. minus six. You know, oh, it'll yeah. slowly warm up in the house because that blanket will insulate it a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, you know, now that I think about it, I think, you know, it's one of those things when you're observing and, um, you know what I did, I, I meant to mention this, I thought I had it in my notes up above, but I went to, uh, the Howard Bannock talk on, uh, or Bannock talk on Friday night at the KW Rask, um, which is the like the RESC club over in Kitchener Waterloo, Ontario. I used to be a member there. Anyway, one of the members there, um, Peter, he knows uh, 
Howard Banich, who, who is uh, somebody uh, that writes for Sky and Telescope magazine and does a lot of sketching there. Anyway, he was he was just talking about a lot of this stuff too about uh, you know losing um, you know one's ability to think properly, you know once once you're out there at the eyepiece. And he talked about sketching and about logging, and we're working on an episode for people to submit their logs. Mm -hmm. And what he said really emulates uh, my position as well, and that is that. I find like I'm able to sketch, even though typically I don't draw or sketch. And, and he was talking about um, being very similar. He's not an artist or anything he was saying. But um, I find like trying to take notes, I don't know why, but it just doesn't work that well for me. But mm -hmm. I find the sketching, the sketching is is good. I like it and I find that an easier thing to do, actually, sort of strangely enough. Mm. And um, And, but yeah, as part of it, I find like, I don't know why it is, but when I get observing, I just can't think as well about about non like directly observing things. If I'm looking for stuff, I'm good. But like, and I've always been like this. But like, I should have remembered that I put an old towel in the cottage somewhere just in case I needed one, just for this purpose. But I completely had forgotten, so I kind of end up being very careful in how I dismounted the telescope the other night because it was so frosty. But mm. uh, you know, kind of cradled it very carefully in my big my bit big mitic gloves kind of thing <laughs> yeah 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 it uh <laughs> it, it it can be a real pain like everything in the winter time for us is is like one and a half times more time consuming because oh, yeah. you just have so much more to prepare and you know even just getting dressed and undressed you know, oh, for the yeah. outdoors like yeah so much more involved but it was worth it it was really nice to be out because it's been so long and and like i you know, there's times in the summer, spring and fall where, you know, it might be a nice clear night for observing, but I've got other things or I'm lazy and I just don't do it. Mm -hmm. But in the wintertime like this, it, when there's a night around zero degrees and it's going to be clear, everything yeah. else in my life, if I can, gets canceled. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm outside with the telescope because you just have to take advantage of those situations. Yeah. Yeah. I know it can be tough. Um, but uh, yeah, just everything is is more difficult. Like uh, even like going out there where like when it's not this cold and snowy, or even if it was this cold but not snowy, it would be way easier because you know I could kind of come in and be around in the cottage being warm. But you kind of have to take two of everything, and I didn't quite do that. But like I have to take two things to wear on my feet. I have to take something to wear inside. I have to take something to wear outside. I had to actually bring my my spikes because. Um, there's like a couple spots where the water can pool when it melts around my cottage and these like spots that I'm going to have to walk over like, like a hundred times when I'm out there at night. One of them wasn't too bad. I probably could have been okay without them, but you know, I didn't want to go like flying, you know, in the dark mm -hmm. out there. There's, there is a really bad, um, icy patch and I just didn't know how bad it was. Anyway, all those like little things just, uh, just kind of add up to, uh, to making it, uh, definitely a more involved process. That's for sure. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Did get some views of Mars. Took a look at the Certus Major last night. It was, yeah, it was uh, very prominent, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Certus Major was, uh, was pretty good. I could see the Hellas region. Um, that was pretty good. Mare Terenum, um, 
you know, that was uh, that was coming through and uh, maybe a little bit of Mare Samar Samarium um, as well. That's one of my favorite uh, favorite regions. And then uh, Mare Serampentis um, was was coming through quite, uh, quite well as well. And then you mentioned the polar caps. So I noticed this the other night and I kind of blamed it on the bad seeing. So and uh, and I did a sketch and I was just mm -hmm. like, man, what is what is going on? Because mm -hmm. you talked about like the brighter areas and in my sketch from uh, Thursday night, which wasn't a great sketch and the seeing was rather atrocious. I noticed that like the, there was a bit of like white flaring but it wasn't where the polar cap should be, but it was pretty bright. Mm -hmm. Super bright. Yeah, but it, did you notice it was almost like, I don't know, it was like 20 degrees, 30 degrees off where I thought yep. the polar cap, did you notice that? Yeah, that's that's why I wasn't sure what I was seeing. It, yeah. And it, yeah, it just didn't seem like, yeah, <laughs> it was out of place and I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah, those are clouds. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's part of the uh, polar hood system, and for whatever reason, the brightest part of it um, is kind of like shifted off to to almost like on the, like it's on the limb. You know, it's not it's mm -hmm. almost it's almost outside of that polar um, zone, sort of on the polar zone itself. I could, you know, kind of get a bit of the uh, of the polar hood, but the polar hood itself is kind of grayish. But then this is like a like a brighter um, area. And then I noticed that there was some limb uh, brightening as well. I don't know whether it's uh, some of that dust that's still in the atmosphere or some thin cloud or whether it's uh, maybe some frost on the ground. But then as well, I didn't know if you noticed, I didn't really notice Hellas being bright. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed anything on Hellas. No, I didn't. No. So, oh, and so by the way, and I should mention this because I was talking to Phil about it. So when I go out, I don't look at anything. And I was talking about this a little bit at the KW Center meeting because I showed one of my sketches. And like, I don't I don't go out and say, oh, well, tonight, the Certus Major is going to be just past the Meridian. When, when I'm, I'm like, I just go out and look and then I start sketching. So I go out and look and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's the Certus Major. It's just, so just like kind of trying to learn Mars by look, not by you know, looking at like the Mars profile or some other resources that people may use, which which are super handy um, once I've made the observation. But I try to make the observation um, without looking first. I mean, everybody's different, but that's the way that I like to do it because I feel like that's better, sort of a better way of training uh, my eye anyway. Yeah, I, I have a similar approach for all of my observing. Um, I, I, I think sometimes you can, I don't know what the right word is, but... Um, if you're expecting to see something, sometimes you might see it, even if you're not seeing it, Yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So exactly. it's, yeah. it's better to go out there, uh, observe, you know, record what you think you're seeing and then, and then go validate it and see yeah. if you were right or try to make sense of what you saw. And nobody ever looked at Mars and saw stuff they never thought they should be seeing said nobody ever. So yeah, yeah. Mars is sort of notorious for this. So you gotta, you gotta be careful. And the other thing is this, is that, um, Mars as, as with the other planets, but almost like Mars is it's so the details are so subtle, but the planet is so dynamic that you're just working against yourself to try to 
look at a map and then look at Mars and then try, I mean, you're, you're that I found more difficult than just going out, doing the observations, making some mistakes, I'm certain of it, mm-hmm. and then going back and then taking a look. But, but I, I kind of try to sketch what I see because I don't, I'm not sort of preconditioned to see one thing or another. And this comes back to like, even, even you and I, Shane, like your observation last night kind of mimics my one from Thursday night where um, I was like, what is this? And when we were talking before the podcast, like you were saying, like, it was like, there was some white, but it wasn't where the pole was. Like your mind just is having trouble interpreting it because you want to put that bright, the brightest white spot right on the pole, but that's Mm -hmm. not the way it looks right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. hundred percent. And, and by simply just having the past experience of, of seeing those polar caps on the poles, it kind of preconditions us to to think that what we are seeing is a mistake, but what you were seeing is cloud. And then last night I was running 148 power, no filters, and for sure had a had a good view of that. And I saw a brightening over the Libya region. I don't know what that was. I, I haven't been able to uh, to see if there's some cloud or some frost. Maybe that was in low lying in that area, but definitely I had uh, some pretty good white. Uh, you know, some some white uh, cloud of some sort or something or optical defect or haze mm-hmm. in our atmosphere, who knows, but I definitely was seeing something there. And then I think it was in the um, area region, A-E-R-I-A, I saw some brightening as well. And and to me, both those regions were, were white compared to Hellas. Hellas was just sort of that ruddy orange. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know what those were exactly, but I captured them uh, in my sketch along with the Certus Major. And I think there is some dust. There is some dust. I uh, I did look on Cloudy Nights today and someone had posted, I thought it was a photo, I mean, maybe it is a photo, but um, was, was I, I think it was their sketch of, uh, of Mars last night through the, uh, through the 60 inch uh, at Mount Wilson. So um, that's there on Cloudy Nights for those that are, eager to look, but I, I think it must've been a sketch, but they didn't capture that, but they captured a lot more detail of the Certus Major and seemed to just have their, their sketch focused on the Certus Major, whereas Certus Major only takes up about maybe a fifth or less of, of my sketch. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. The other thing too, with that, you know, that uh, cloud around the Northern pole that made me think or really question what I was seeing was just the size of it too. Like normally mm-hmm. when you see a pole cap, it's not huge and it, it has some very distinct like lines to it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a bright white and then it's like orange or darker colors. Yep. Like it's, it's very distinct that way. And this was very large and it almost sort of just faded away, you know, like there wasn't that distinct line on the edge of it. So yeah, you know, cloud makes a, a lot of sense on that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I yeah. was seeing some variances in the, uh, in the North polar, uh, hood though. Uh, I, I made like, that's just my, um, like, this is like a technical sketch. And what I'll do is take this technical sketch and then, uh, tonight or, or tomorrow, uh, evening, I'll, I'll process that in, in the uh, GIMP software and see if I can kind of bring to life, uh, you know, what I saw and, and hopefully, you know, it's cool that you were looking at it at the same time. So that, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Any anything else on your observations, Shane? Did you look at any double stars, or didn't you say you looked at the Hyades before we recorded? Yeah, Hyades and the Pleiades. Um, 
spent a little bit of time in there. So yeah, definitely some of the double groups that exist in those two clusters. Um, yeah, it was really nice views. I, I was using um, some microscope eyepieces for that oh. part of my night. Yeah, I have some uh, Zeiss Opmis, uh, or I think that's how you say it. So it's Zeiss O-P-M-I. And um, they're very well-regarded eyepieces. And what's neat about them is they have outstanding eye relief, first of all, for us eyeglass wearers. Mm -hmm. um, they have diopter adjustments on the eyepiece. So if you wanted to go without glasses and you have an astigmatism, you can adjust the diopter for our, you know the eyepiece to accommodate your eye, which is uh, pretty what? cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. Really. Where neat. did you get these treasures? Um, well, these ones I got on eBay. So huh. there's uh there's a 25 millimeter, a 20, and I'm not sure that I think there's like a another one, maybe like a 12, but I'm hmm. not a hundred percent sure on that one. And um I'm not sure I've seen a sharper eyepiece, to be perfectly honest. It is just incredible hmm. how how transparent these things are. Um, and I haven't used them a ton, so, you know, I want to, uh, I want to keep playing around with them, but wow, you know, they, they really were quite nice. What I would like to do is, is use them under a dark sky on stuff like the North American nebula, like things that are, um, not, not on the edge of detection, but, you know, fainter objects and just to see, you know, how these things do on, on those types of objects. But if, if you read on cloudy nights, there's a number of reviews on these eyepieces and, um, they're, they're quite well regarded and, um, you know, every, everything that I've looked at so far through them certainly backs up the, the huh. rave reviews that they get. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Yeah. So that was kind of my night. And then I, uh, I packed up and, and put everything away. Cool. Good stuff. Hey, I was thinking we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here, but maybe what uh, what we can do is um, we can move. Wade wrote us about the uh, Horsehead Nebula, and maybe we can move that over to the um, over to the next episode because we're going to talk about what's up in the sky for for December. Maybe we can just put that email over there when we talk about Orion. And uh, I can skip ahead and just read Bill's email on his Mars observation, and then we can call it an episode. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. So Bill writes, uh, and Bill is uh, is a longtime listener and, and an even longer time friend. Um, and he's a tremendously experienced observer over in uh, Vancouver Island. Um, so Bill writes, hey, guys, just a quick note. Last night I was out observing for the sixth night in the past 10 days. I was listening to your last couple of episodes. Three nights were with my 150 millimeter daub, one with my NP 101, which is a, uh, that's the Pets Fault Refractor from Teleview, isn't it Shane? Yes, it is, yep. And then he also had his 250 millimeter Starmaster uh, at the school observatory. And uh, he did one night with his 508 millimeter 20 inch star master so he said it's been a great couple of weeks i enjoyed hearing how Felipe sent you an image of the lovely south american beach to complement the fabulous weather you have been getting in saskatchewan everybody everybody enjoyed that actually it was pretty good i feel like we should put that up on the website he's gonna Felipe is gonna go out and get us another image he wrote me and said i'll, I'll get you a better image of something even more <laughs> spectacularly tropical tropical so yeah it's uh, it's wonderful so uh, bill goes on to say uh i know you two can get to way darker skies more easily than I can, but being trapped on an island, uh, because Bill's on Vancouver Island, uh, it goes on to say, but I think I'll stay put where it doesn't get colder than zero degrees Celsius. 
<laughs> I can't. I can't really argue with him on that point. That's yeah. uh, that's a fair strategy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's like it's it is like a yeah. It's so difficult. Like every every place I've lived ha has its charms. Like you know, um, Nova Scotia uh, by the water. Like the dew there is just almost unbearable. Um, but you can get to like all these pretty good little observing sites and the land is really undulated. So it, it really cuts the light pollution pretty quick outside the city. And, and, you know, I have lots of friends there to observe and good land to observe on. And then out in, uh, Ontario, you know, the summers can sort of be a bit of a dream, you get lots of good stable weather. And then, um, out here we have lots of dark skies, uh, yeah, it's every place has its thing. All right, Bill goes on to say, uh, the seeing here has been very good lately, except for the night out with the big scope, but that was just okay. Uh, and he used it mostly for deep sky observing. Last night was very good, so I decided not to be lazy and did a quick Mars sketch. My flashlight was failing, so I roughed it out and then fixed it up inside. Usually I just sketch live off the floor, uh, but sometimes you have to take, uh, have to break your own rules. Um, he says, I don't do color anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can see. Yeah, it's a, it's a great sketch there. Oh man, I'm not sure he didn't put, and I do this as well. I, I do the sketch and then I know what the area is, but um, I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, I, I don't know which area it is, but it's a, it's a really nice sketch of Mars. I can see the North Polar Hood. He was able to get the South Polar Cap, which was super cool. And uh, he was using his 153 millimeter F8 Dob at 300 power. That's pretty good for hand tracking. Yeah, for sure it is. Nice. Well, thanks so much uh, for your sketch, Bill. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, hearing more from you. Yeah, we got a couple other uh, emails there. But I think what we'll do, Shane, is I think maybe we'll we'll cut it here and mm -hmm. then that uh, gives people an easier chunk to listen to and maybe carry some of this stuff forward to future episodes. Sounds good, Chris. All right. Well, unless you have anything else to add. I do not. I uh, will thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. And we're always excited to receive your listener questions or observing emails to actualastronomy at gmail.com. Thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. 